It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Things were made official today, actually. Let's uh, get started, much like we always like to do with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's start in some baseball where the Cubs catch a whooping. 13-3 last night at the hands of the Giants. And that's going to hold off another weekend sweep. Uh, Wes Neske gets chased after three innings. Five earned, four Ks. Cubs 2-9 and nine on Sundays this year. They are 1-6 and six in sweep-clinching games this year as well. They're going to open a series against the Central Leading Pirates tomorrow, which... Excuse me? I just said that phrase? Hold on a second. That can't be right. I said those guys are going to fade. And I was right. They went on the huge losing streak. It's just nobody wants to win this division. Nobody wants to win this division right now. Now they're selling me on Cincinnati. I don't know, man. I just know it won't be St. Louis. How about that? Is that fair? And I'm starting to doubt that the Cubs can do it. Like, it's sad. The pitching has finally come around on the Cubs. And then the thing that carried them early on was their was their hitting. And if you go to batting average over the last 30 days, dead last in the league, hitting three, uh, 201. 201. They are 27th in on base percentage at 290. Only teams worse the Royals, the White Sox, and surprisingly the Yankees. That's over the last month. I mean, that just gives you an idea of how bad... Their third most strikeouts! Over the last month. It's bad. They gotta get the bats going. Gotta do it. Uh, they have the day off today, but like I said, tomorrow it's Tyan versus uh, Ortiz. Sox lost their rubber match to the uh, Marlins 6-5. to they blow a 5-1 lead in the eighth. Graven's going to take the loss. Poor Lucas Giolito goes seven innings, one earned, eight strikeouts. Should have had his third win in a row. But he gets the no decision instead. Luis Robert Jr. with a two-run homer. He goes two for four, two RBIs. Romy Gonzalez with two RBIs as well. Sox will take uh, playing out to the left coast, and uh, they'll take on the Dodgers tomorrow Lance Lynn taking on Tony Gonsolin. That is a late one. Two future Boilermakers at Colorado Springs trying to make that USA U19 team, and both are going to make the next cut. Uh, it's down to 18 players. 
Both Cannon Catchings and Miles Colvin uh, make that cut. Finalists will compete for 12 spots, so they're going to have to cut six more of these guys. 12 spots on the team that will compete at the 2023 FIBA U19 Men's World Cup, which is June 24th through July the 2nd in Hungary. Finalists were selected by USA Basketball's Men's Junior National Team Committee. I could not find out when they're going to make the next cut, but they got 12 days before they got to get out to Hungary, so you got to think that it's another three or four days before they cut this thing down. Indiana Sports Corporation makes it official. We heard the rumors on Friday, but Purdue will play Arizona in the second annual Indy Classic held at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. This is the thing that we tried to do to replace the Crossroads Classic after uh, Indiana says that they were too important to play in this thing anymore. Uh, so we're bringing in Arizona, December 16th, doubleheader. Second game will be Indiana State and Ball State. Game times, television designations, all that stuff announced at a later date. High school action from the weekend. CC takes semi-state last night. They're going to advance to the uh, state championship this Saturday, Victory Field, in an attempt to become back-to-back champions. Uh, they'll have to get through Bar Reeve first. If you're wondering where Bar Reeve is, uh, go down 69, get past the Bloomington exit there, around where Washington's at, between Washington and Ligoti. Uh, Delphi State hopes came to an end, though, in the semi-state final, 12-1 to to uh, Alania Christian. She's a bummer, man. Delphi with a great run there. Congratulations to them. But uh, they're going to come up one game short of victory field. Uh, Harrison girls uh, tennis player Emma Goo unable to make it out of the quarters in the state finals over the weekend. 7-1-6-2-6-3. Aviators with a night off last night. They're going to host the Pistol Shrimp tonight, 7 o'clock at Loeb. Flyboys trying to snap a two-game losing streak. They're still on top of the division, but they've lost ground now in the conference. Pistol Shrimp just 3-7 and seven on the year right now. Cape Catfish still remain the story in the Prospect League, still undefeated after the weekend, and sitting at 10 and oh, There you go. That is today's need-to-know news. All right. Let's get back after it here. Let's see if we can't get hot. Let's get our best bets here for this evening. I like to use DraftKings. That's how I roll. Not that I don't look at some other books every now and then. Uh, they do have the two-run early win promo still going on for you over there, which uh, is pretty cool to take advantage of if you check that out. Uh, still got that uh, same-game parlay boost for baseball. Um, Stanley Cup Finals boost. Is that tonight? No, they just played yesterday. So there is no, there, there's no Stanley Cup tonight. It's basketball tonight because we're, we're all off now. We're off kilter. NBA Finals, they've got some boosts in there for you as well. Um, with the same game parlay again. They got another superstar boost with Jokic 25, Murray 2 plus threes boosted a plus 100. So they got that going on there. Uh, I did want to try to let's start out with some winners here. Uh, baseball is a very limited uh, schedule here this evening. Not a ton of games going on. What do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six. Just seven games, I think. Eight. And none of our Chicago teams are in action today, which is a little bit of a bummer. But I still think I found a little bit of value here in the NL Central, and that is with the Cincinnati Reds. 
Uh, out at Kansas City tonight, 8-10 to take on the Royals. I think we're going to try to continue to ride the hot hand that is Ellie De La Cruz. He's been electric ever since he's been called up. Everybody loves this kid. Uh, now he's got to start to, you know, hit the road and see what he can do in Kansas City. Now, here's the good news is he is getting Zach Greinke, who is seeing better seasons. Zach's not exactly tearing it up these days. He's uh, one for six, one and six on the year. ERA's at 4.59. The whip's up to 1.13. He's just not good. Very inconsistent. He can still go out there and throw you a gem occasionally, like he did, but in St. Louis, five innings, two hits. And no earned, but then he comes out against Miami and goes four innings and gives up five earned on four hits. So there you go. Also, uh, the last time Kansas City has won a Zach Granke start, it would be May the 8th against Chicago at home. They have lost his last five starts. Now, I don't know if the Reds can win this one tonight. But I do like this. Ellie De La Cruz over one and a half total bases. We're in plus money. Just barely. It's at plus 105 right now. I know my buddy Jeff Julek listening right now is going to love this because he loves his Reds. Granky struggles against lefties. De La Cruz, a switch hitter. 307 against lefties. Seven of those 11 homers have come from the left side of the plate as well. De La Cruz is hitting. 467 against righties as well. We like those numbers. I I like that. Also, if you're thinking about uh, making us a bigger same-game parlay for the boost, I don't hate getting in on Luke Weaver's strikeouts tonight. Now, he is not exactly the gem of the rotation for the Reds. But at four and a half strikeouts, and we're also sitting at about even money on that. I think there's a case to be made here. Oh, it has dipped down a little bit. He was he was at minus one one ten, but it's dipped down to minus one twenty. I still don't hate it. Look, we need five strikeouts out of him if you want to go that route. Um, he has done that two out of the last three games, and uh, four out of the last six. You have a Kansas City team uh, that is has the fifth highest strikeout rate in the league at 24.7%. So if you're looking for an extra leg to add and go in that same game parlay, go right ahead. Again, I, I don't know how much I like the Reds here on the road against Kansas City. But I do want to. I thought the Ellie De La Cruz at even money to get over one and a half bases seemed like a solid enough play uh, for me. He's again, he's hitting great against lefties. Four sixty seven. He has gone over, but he's on a six game hit streak right now. 
And uh, in the six games that he's played, three times he's gone over the one and a half bases. And I think he's, well, he did that what, twice against the Dodgers the last two games. So he's covered that in the last two games. Let's see if he can do it here tonight. Limited options this evening. So that's what I ended up going with. Uh, straight up tonight, there's not really a whole lot of things to love. I mean, the Red Sox are big favorites tonight against Colorado, which is, you know, which is fine. But I hate paying like a minus two thirty. Seems like an awful lot to pay for that. Um, the Rangers are okay at minus one fifty five over the Angels. I just, I don't, I feel like Cincinnati can win in Kansas City. I just feel like I'm also primed for a letdown from them. I don't really want to mess with Seattle and Miami, although Seattle at home should be the favorite in that one. Rays should be a massive favorite here, but I don't want to pay 260. Yeah, it's, it's not a tremendous night. There's not a lot of options, so that's what I dig up. NBA Finals tonight, I I think Denver closes it out. I don't like covering 8.5, though. And I sure as heck don't like a minus 350 money line on that. That's just blech. I think that little promo they've got, with Jokic get the 25 and Jamal Murray over two plus threes. I mean, Murray has hit at least two threes in every game in this series. So then you're just down to making sure Jokic gets your 25, 25 points in. I feel like he can do that. But I'm not watching the NBA Finals. It's just... I don't know. It's not... I like Jokic. Don't get me wrong. I'm just... I'm over the NBA at this point. I think it's just a kickback and relax kind of night for me. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back. So, uh, yeah, Purdue, Arizona. Finally, we're getting something uh, going here. Down in Bankers Live, I want to talk about it. I think this is great. We're going to talk about it. That's next. Stick around. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 1017... <laughs> It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom You can always reach out on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, text it in to 765-4486. I'm sorry, 765-447-4080. Let me get the right one here. That put me on too many daggone radio stations around here. Okay, uh, so we heard the rumor about it on uh, Friday, but the uh, Sports Corp goes ahead and confirms it today along with Purdue. Purdue will host Arizona. Banker's Life Fieldhouse in that uh, new thing that we got going on here uh, where we no longer play the Crossroads Classic. It's the uh, Indy Classic. Ball State, Indiana State play each other, and then Purdue in a, in a marquee team. I, I love this. You want to get good competition in the non-conference. Yes, you're going to play uh, your share of 
softies. It's just, it's going to happen. You obviously can't load up the non-conference with top 25 teams. You do need a certain number of wins. You do not want to have a high number of losses. You want that RPI to be good, BPI, everything else that they come up with, quad ones. You want to have those quality victories. But also, if Houston taught you anything, is if you put nothing but cupcakes on there, they'll they'll give you, they'll they'll help you out there a little bit, but you ain't getting that one seat. But I love this picking up Arizona, a uh, a team that was twenty eight and seven last year. They lose the Pac twelve by four games to UCLA. They played UCLA three times. They beat UCLA two out of those three. They beat them at home and on the neutral court. Uh, They also had a win over IU last year. Wins over a 10th-ranked Creighton team and a 17th-ranked San Diego State team. They'll be a top 25 team when the polls come out this season. They also had a rough loss in the first round of the NCAA tournament to Princeton, 59-55. Similar motivations here. But I like this. You want to see those good teams. This is how you get better. You do not get better beating up on Milwaukee and Austin P. Now, no disrespect but you do need those gains in there to work on things to get other people some you know reps in time to get your guys some game time you know flow going here but not have to exert themselves that get you ready for the big tournaments i mean it, it's such a necessity So you add Arizona, top 25 team. You're going to get Xavier in the Gavit games, who was what? They they were second in their conference last year, right? They finished right behind Marquette, didn't they? In the Big East? Yeah. Not to mention what looks to be a, a stacked Maui Invitational that hosts Kansas, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Marquette again, UCLA, Syracuse, and everybody's favorite, Chaminade. So if you can go out there and get two top-tier, a couple of top-tier opponents in uh, the Maui invite, you throw in Arizona, and I think you're on pace with what you did last season, which was, was solid, right? You... Beat West Virginia, which you thought was going to be a good test. And then you said to yourself, hey, after that, when we said it on the show, it's the house money after that. And what do you do? You end up running through Gonzaga and Duke. You got two top ten wins in the course of two days. And that did a great job of filling out the non-conference schedule. You take on Florida State, 
who was down last year, unfortunately, um, in the Big Ten ACC. Um, we said you had Marquette, you know, Milwaukee, Austin P weren't really doing a whole lot. They're just kind of getting you ready for the good stuff. Hofstra ended up being halfway decent for you. They tied for the best record in the CAA. And Davidson in that Indy Classic wasn't overwhelming you know, New Orleans and Florida AM, please. Well, we won't get started with that. But if you can get yourself a good, what, like three, four, maybe tournament teams in the non conference early on to push you, that's tremendous. That's what adding this is, is done for you. Now, I know those. The folks over at Indiana can take a look at it, and they say, oh, so glad we got out of this. We're not doing this anymore. Can't wait to go to Kansas and get whooped. Let them say what they want. This is a good matchup for Purdue. And you get it on what's technically a neutral court, but it might be a little bit more like a home court. I don't know if it's going to be like the Penn State game where it's clearly a Penn State home game, even though it's technically on neutral court, and then they gave Purdue the uh, credit for it being a away game. I don't know if it's going to be as, you know, that loud. Purdue fans do an all right time getting down there for, uh, you know, for, for the old Crossroads Classic. I think they did okay in the Indy Classic against Davidson as well. Can you get a little bit bigger crowd down there if you are one of the top-ranked teams in Arizona comes in and that's the top 25 team? Remains to be seen. Those tickets will go on sale this summer. You got to make sure you get them early. Don't wait for the fall. You get them early. But the way this is shaping up, you're going to have a few games, like I said, out there in Maui against teams that are going to push you. And what that Maui, uh, you're going to do Xavier early on the 13th of November. You come back, you're probably going to get. Like you might not even get a uh, another game. You maybe hit something out on the West Coast on like Thursday or something before you start the Maui Invitational that following Monday. You finish that up on the twenty fifth or the twenty second, which is a Wednesday. And then, as of right now, you got the Indy Classic on the sixteenth. If you want to compare that to what we did last year, um, there's a hole there, and that's from the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which was um, the end of November there, before we got into uh, the early Big Ten, which, you know, Minnesota started December the 4th. So I got to think between the 20th and where that Big Ten early game's going to start the beginning of December, there's going to have to be something there. What fills that Big Ten ACC Challenge void uh, is the question, but... I mean, stack up Marquette, West Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke, and you replace that with Xavier, um, and then those three games out at uh, at Maui. But then you're replacing Davidson with Arizona. You're upgrading. I think you're doing a great job with the schedule, at least being on par here. You've upgraded in some places, but I think at least staying on par. Purdue's done a great job with this. This is a tremendous pickup for this. And I think it's only going to continue to get bigger for them uh, if they can turn this one into another success. And they continue to be successful. Better teams are going to want to come and play uh, Purdue. And teams want to play Purdue not in Mackey Arena. 
that's even more specific because we know how loud it gets and then get a chance to play a quality team like Purdue and not have to suffer through Mackey Arena, uh, they will sign up for that. Trust me. (laughs) They will sign up for that often. We're going to take a break. Don't go nowhere. Hey, got more Hammer Down Show for you next on what... Hey, back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Man, I was, I'm bummed to hear this. That um, it looks like the Athletic has made cuts again. And uh, nearly 20 reporters today, 4% of the journalistic staff is part of a company reorganization per the internal note from a publisher. One of those people that got caught up in it is uh, Bob Kravitz. Sounds like he's hanging it up, too. It's 41 years plus of sports journalism. Some of it damn good. I'm sad that I don't get to walk away on my own turns, but that doesn't often happen. So, I in I retweeted this, and you know I'm looking through comments. I don't understand, and maybe it's just me because I know this is, I'm a karma guy. I like to dance on people's graves when they lose jobs. I personally don't love all the stuff that he wrote, and I know a lot of people get upset from his time at the Star. I see a lot of people do it to Doyle. I say it too, that it feels like there's a really innate Indiana bias um, in, in the writing. And there is to a degree. You also have to consider that guys like Kravitz, who have been there, what we say, for 40 plus years, think of the IU teams that you know they have covered and the runs that they have gone on. And you know, that with the market research is going to tell you that writing pro Purdue articles usually doesn't do you a whole lot of good. You know, it's an Indianapolis-based paper. We know that that is still, as as much as we like to think we make inroads, and we do, it's still very much Hoosier territory. It just is. So when I see some people kind of celebrating it because they figure, ah, you know, he's such an IU guy and, 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 and all that, and... I just think it's a weird thing to celebrate when, with people losing jobs in sports. You know, I was, I did, uh, I can't remember what podcast it was. The two ton podcast I did. And I got asked the question about when Dockage got let go. And I got chided for maybe a politically correct response to that. But you know, what I said at the time on that was I, I get how people want to celebrate sometimes because it's a it's an IU type of guy and now the net's no longer got a forum. But the thing is, there's when you lose coverage like that, and just like the athletic here, so often they will if the, you're lucky if they do replace the coverage with something. And if they do, they went with a younger, cheaper, more inexperienced option to save money and that's not necessarily the best but then the worst case scenario is there is no replacement in the coverage which you absolutely hate to see 
I'd rather have some coverage. I'd rather have some biased coverage in my sports, local sports, than no coverage at all. No, I'll read through the spin. But to not have it at all is horrendous. Like, we only have so many outlets here locally to cover your local sports, don't we? Like, do you feel like you could lose one of those and still be okay? Like, if this community lost Sam King, I don't know what we, like, what would we do? I can't go out there and cover all this stuff, that's for sure. You know, there's, I think we we get so wrapped up sometimes in, oh gosh, it's, it's, it's just this IU take of things, this fanboy stuff, and we're not getting a fair shake in this, that wouldn't you at least rather have the coverage than something to talk about? You weren't really buying the star up here to begin with. You know, it's a guy that spent, you know, how many years in the market covering things like the Colts, covering high school. And yes, when it was slow for them, they come up here and they would do some Purdue stuff, which you liked, you didn't like, whatever. But I don't like to see people losing their job. I don't know why anybody else would celebrate that kind of stuff. Even my worst enemy. I guess I can't root for that kind of stuff. I hope people wouldn't root for me to lose a job or celebrate if I lost this one for whatever reason. Can we at least settle on a, like, hey, I didn't like him, but wish him the best? We at least do that, right? We, we can be good enough to do that. I got news right. This newspaper thing, man, is getting rougher and rougher for those folks. We're very close to losing coverage in a lot of places. We really are. Just be thankful for what we have. And I know there's just going to be guys, like I said, a lot of people, and even me sometimes. You know, Doyle writes something for the star, and you see the obvious slant to it, and we end up talking about it. We get all riled up about it. And then you listen to him talking, he writes anything about any, like literally anything about Purdue, he says, and the IU fans come for him, even if it's not flattering stuff. At least we have it. At least there's some coverage to talk about because I, I, I got plenty of reporter friends. Uh, in, in multiple markets, it's not the brightest picture of the future they paint for us when I talk to them. It's just not. So maybe that's why I dip in the car and I say, hey, listen, Bob, best of luck. May not have been thrilled with a lot of stuff that you wrote. But I do appreciate the dedication to things like the high school coverage, like, uh, you know, the Pacers, Colts, that that kind of coverage. I can at least appreciate it. Don't always love it, but I can appreciate the work that's put into it. I don't really wish any ill against the man. I was kind of surprised that that many people did, but I'm looking at message boards, I'm looking at the the subtweets, and I'm saying to myself, gee whiz, it's rough out here, man.
mean, enjoy retirement. That's all I can say. We got a break. Don't you go anywhere. We're going to come back. Things we may have missed and more are next. Let's wrap up the Hammer Down Show. Hammer Down Show getting set to wrap up here on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Tomorrow, Tim Bourdain, Central Catholic Athletic Director, and uh, of course, uh, the manager, skipper of the uh, CC Knights baseball squad, getting set to head back to the State championship game again. He's used to this right now. How many is he up to? Is he up to is this like twelve or thirteen or something like that? Appearances for him. Double check that number. But yes, no, he is. Uh, he goes a lot. So uh, we're going to talk with him about this year's squad. That's going to be on tomorrow's show. So very much looking forward to that. Okay, some of the things that we may have missed. Uh, I can't believe I'm doing it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You get a golf clap today. Officially bringing back the creamsicle orange jersey with the helmet. Let's go! I love it. Last time they brought this back, I think, was in 2009. They'll bring it back in mid-October against an NFC Central uh, Detroit Lions. Oh, let's go. Here's the thing I also wish you could do, though, is can we also bring back the shoulder pads from that uh, era as well, just for those uniforms for that game? Can we do that? I mean, it's one of the more dynamic jersey colors in NFL history, but I'm on board for this. Let's go. I'm glad they're doing this. I like teams that embrace the past. I just like switching it up every now and then. It's great. Uh, Saquon Barkley thinks that the that he could sit out the entire season. He also thinks that the NFL is conspiring against him because of the couple of franchise tags that have been thrown out there to lower the threshold of what he would have to be paid. So now he's threatening to sit out the entire season. And I got to tell you something, man. Poor idea. Poor idea. Look, the market for running backs is just not there anymore. It just, it's not. Teams much rather find themselves a rookie, ride out four years, fifth year option. Maybe they sign you for another two years, but they're not looking to spend big money on that spot anymore. They're just, it's a pass happy league now. And most teams feel like they can find value in a running back in free agency. And they don't have to spend a large... Look, there's your King Henrys. There's your Jonathan Taylors. I think the league usually has three to four really dynamic ones that are worth being paid a year. And that's about it. Right? Now, remember what happened? uh, Remember Lavian Bell wanted to get the bag? And then he sat out. You remember how that went? He went to the Jets. He lost out on a bunch of money to make that move. And he was never the same. I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen to Saquon. But in a league where your value as a player at that position is continually diminishing 
I don't know how you can avoid taking a franchise tag and making that guaranteed. You get, just make the money. Because I don't think you're going to come around the next year and somebody's going to offer you money that you want and also be able to compensate you for what you miss by sitting out a year. The goal is to make the money. You only have so many years of playing. I don't know that you could afford to just pass up an entire year of earnings under franchise tag, mind you, and then come out the other side with a deal that makes it worth it by not having that kind of money or it really does extend your career longer. I, I, I don't know that it doesn't. History says it doesn't. I think that's a mistake. I think you need to sign it, man. If you want to sit out the first two and then sign it, sit out the first two or something like that and sign it. Make a point. I just don't think you are going to be happy with the results. Happy anniversary to Doc Ellis in his LSD no-hitter. That's right, on this day, 1970. I don't know if they still have the documentary on Netflix about it. First game of a doubleheader against the Padres. Pirates win 2-0. Ellis does walk 8 in the game. But it is a no-hitter. What a story. And finally, Gambler's Conundrum. A family discovered what they believe is roughly 1 million copper pennies. I believe these are all before 1982 when they switched over to that. They found it in a wall remodeling of uh, the grandparents' house. They weighed them. And they figure it's about a million pennies in there. Now, they say they cannot take these pennies home with them. They want to get rid of them. So they offered, I mean, they said, first off, they didn't want to take it to like a Coinstar machine because they don't want to pay the 8%. This is $10,000, by the way, if you're looking to do it. They won't find, or they can't find a bank that will take all these pennies. They just won't do it. Bank won't do it. So what they did was they went on to a, a, a coin site here, right? Collectors. And they offered up the roughly million pennies. You got to come and pick them up. And they want $25,000 for $10,000 worth of pennies. Gambler's conundrum. Do you take it? First off, you need to invest all the time to find out if you have any really valuable pennies. I Google top 10 most valuable pennies. Number 10 is an 1877 Indian head penny that goes for $3,200. If you can find a 1944 steel wheat penny, that's $408,000. That's the top end. This is what we're looking at. I got one at $400,000, one at a quarter million dollars. 
I've got three in the five digits, and then the whole bottom half is in the four digits. $25,000 seems a little bit crazy. I have to invest a lot of time looking at all these dates. And really, if you could find one from like the 20s or 40s here, these seem to be the sweet spots. I don't know that I'm going to make an extra $15,000. Plus, it has to be in good condition too, right? So this is tough. I don't think so. I don't think I could spend $25,000. But like, if I had ten grand to take it off their hands, I feel like I could take ten grand. What worst comes to worst, I start wrapping them and what? I, I wrap like, you know, thirty bucks or something like that a week, forty, fifty bucks a week. Take it in, cash it in, walk out. I'll make it back eventually. All right, that's gonna do it for us on the Hammer Down Show tomorrow. Tim Bordenay is our guest. I'll see you back here talking local sports at three o'clock on one hundred one seven The Hammer and one hundred one seven The Hammer.